sit back, relax, and get ready because this is Things Mom Never Said, Secrets to Aging Well. All right, welcome back to Things Mom Never Said. Hello, hello, Sharita. Hello, it's so good to be back. Yes, last time we met, we were talking about hot flashes, which mm-hmm. is a pretty important topic. Absolutely, and most everyone goes through that, so it's uh, universal. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely universal. I don't know a woman who hasn't had a hot flash um, mm-hmm. But again, there's only 20% of us who wouldn't have hot flashes. So lucky Mm -hmm. you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I did find it really insightful, though, about like the internal thermostat and how we, you know, it's not just a hot flash for hot flash sake. It's actually tied to our thermostat, you know, going up or down a a degree and it trying to regulate us. So Mm -hmm. that was, that was really neat. Really Uh insightful. I had no idea. It was a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, think about all the things that if we would actually talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. we would be prepared for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so true. But I suppose we have to bite it off in layers because, you know, if there's not an interest in it, you, you just kind of sometimes listen and go, oh, okay, that's nice. And then you don't think about it again until you go through it. Yeah, I think there should be a class at like age 40. Yeah, that'd be good for you most know? of us. It's like, come on, ladies, you're 40 mm-hmm. now. Let me give you an intro to what's going to happen in the next 15 years. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> preventative, preventative medicine, right? Yes. <laughs> always that's makes good. sense to me. Oh, me too. Gosh, if only. Well, and that's why we're doing this podcast, because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good to talk about these things and know what's headed your way or... If you're in the middle of it, how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to this topic today, let me tell you. Yes. So this topic is uh, is my topic. I, I answered the question of what I wish my mom would have told me. And this one is, uh, I wish my mom would have told me about thinning hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So, so let me just give you some background on why this is my topic. I... Gosh, I guess it was in college or maybe after college. At some point in time, I was going through a really stressful time. And I would say that my hair up until that point was rather thick. Yes. And And full of curls. And full. Yeah, thick and full. And I mean, obviously, some people love that and wish they had that. I, at the time, was trying to fight it with every tooth and nail. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I had thick hair. I didn't really worry about it. And I had a really stressful time in my twenties, um, for a good stint there. And it was probably, I would consider it now knowing what I know, chronic stress and my hair started to fall out. Mm -hmm. And I remember not really understanding what was going on, freaking out about it, trying to figure it out. The doctors were like, I don't know. Um, less than helpful. Um, cause I think at the time I was like switching around gynecologists and didn't really have a general prac and you know, mm-hmm. what do they know? Right. But nobody, right. nobody ever said, Hey, why don't you try this? Or why don't you go see this person? Or, mm-hmm. and 
so then it got better. And then I think I've, I've been in a state of on again, off again, chronic stress since then. Uh huh. Yes. And my hair has had times where it's grown in really great again. And then it goes through this, I go through a stressful time and then it all thins out again mm-hmm. and then back and forth. And like this last time I literally was in chronic stress mode for four years and my hair is still not the same. Mm-hmm. And I would say right now it's worse than it was. And I think that's because I'm in menopause. Okay. Um, and from what I've learned in researching this podcast uh, for today, it's definitely related to both. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had known anything about the hair and how it grows and, or how, how and why it thins other than people just go bald. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it may have helped me jump on it way earlier and understand it myself better, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So we never talked about thinning hair because it was, you know, you were going through the same stress I was going through <laughs> at the same time. So I didn't ask you, um, but I don't know. What did like, what do you know about thinning hair and it's a reality and I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I began to go through menopause and was losing my hair or thinning, it was like, oh no, <laughs> mm-hmm. because there is a certain part of all this that's hereditary, I believe, because uh, your father's family, some of your aunts and I had talked at different times and they were concerned that their hair had been getting thinner and thinner mm-hmm. and your father bald, um, became bald early mm-hmm. and uh you know that thing about the uh the boys on the mother's side i think is what they say tend to have an issue with uh whatever their father was if he was mm-hmm. had thin hair then typically their son will end up like that that's what they say mm-hmm. and if i look at some people knowing their family history i i can say well it kind of seems to follow suit but then when you throw in the menopause and um, the stress mm. of our lives, um, it can really do a number on us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that old, old wives tale or, you know, about the generation to generation and if, you know, the father on the mother's side, if that's what it looks like, then that's what it's going to be. Um, I couldn't find anywhere where that was corroborated. Okay. okay. Medically. So uh-huh. I think that's just something people made up to make themselves feel better or well, anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may have been, honey, but looking at people and thinking about it, it's like, huh. Um, yeah. You know, it just, it seems like there might be something to it, but uh, we don't know. Yeah. But then again, you never know because that's I right. look at, you know, Travis's dad is completely bald and his brother's completely bald. Travis is not. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's got a full head of hair. And uh-huh. Travis's nephew, the oldest is going is already in his oh. late twenties receding hairline, and mm-hmm. yet the other nephew uh-huh. is not looking like he's going to recede his hair at all. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's kind of I it, it's it is left up to the fates a little uh-huh. bit. Uh-huh. 
and there and there is some genetic uh predispositions for stuff but there's way more lifestyle mm -hmm. um stuff that comes into play really okay. as we okay. age yeah it's funny um it's like about everybody's general consensus is as we age about around 40 yes um it's natural for our texture to change uh-huh so going from like curl, really curly to like maybe wavy or mm -hmm. even, even straight to wavy, mm -hmm. um, you know, that texture changes, um, the elasticity and strength of the hair, um, strand changes, mm -hmm. um, the diameter and the thickness of the strand changes. Okay. Um, we've also already talked about the grain, right? How the, yes. how the stem cells change and, and graze the hair um yes. but then also there is that thinning the natural thinning and for women it's all over for men it's it's hairline and and like around the um forehead okay is where it starts so there's definitely a male pattern baldness okay, okay. that women don't have so women it's it's just all over well, I, my experience has been that mine is in the crown of my head mm -hmm. and that's where it's very thin mm -hmm. and um, then the back and uh, well, the back particularly mm -hmm. is thick still the sides yeah. it's getting very thin. So um, I guess you just mm -hmm. recognize your, your situation, how, uh, what you're yeah, it's different to. for everybody. Yeah. I think it must be. Yeah. Yeah. So yours is becoming a mullet. Oh, yeah. Let's just put that there. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Spinning into a mullet. Yeah. It's going to go. It's going to be a really good look when I'm done. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be nice. Really, yeah. really nice. Yeah. Especially oh if gosh. I move to Florida, get it cut an inch. <laughs> well, an you inch know, I mean, yes. Get it, get it cut an inch longer and uh, white. <laughs> Sure. And then, you know, just, you know, suntan accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But also with that aging process comes the hair loss. So thinning isn't necessarily loss, but hair loss happens too. So um, I thought that was interesting that they made the distinction between, you know, thinning and actual hair loss. Okay. That's um, surprising to me. I yeah. I thought about that. Yeah. So, and I think the thinning comes in two ways, right? Like, um, your, the growing phase changes, um, as you age. So you're not producing as much hair as quickly as you did when you were younger. Mm -hmm. You're still producing, but it's just at a slower rate. So mm -hmm. there, therein lies the thinning. Okay. But hair loss is, um, we on average lose 50 to a hundred hairs a day wow. every day. And that's not just an age. That's all the time. Like we're shedding all the time. Uh -huh. Huh. Um, so when we're age, we lose more than that. Okay. That's where the hair loss comes in and it doesn't, and that doesn't grow back. All right. And as you age, so you're, so you're shedding without the regrowth. Okay. Hmm. And, and so this is just how it goes. So the phases of growth, there's the antigen phase, which is growing 
the catagen phase, which is transition of the follicle, the telogen phase, which is rest. So nothing's happened with it. It's just, it's just kind of dormant just in the, in the, um, um, oh gosh, I'm losing my words because <laughs> menopause, um, <laughs> it's at rest. Let's just say that. Okay. And then, then there's the exogen phase, which is shedding. Okay. So like it goes through a whole phase and there's a chart on it. I'll put a link to the chart in the um, podcast notes. So it's an ongoing cycle. Okay. Had no but, idea. Yeah. But of course, as we age, that cycle slows down and sometimes mm-hmm. those hairs don't regrow. Mm-hmm. Just depending on what your, what your body's going through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so therefore, uh, does some of the regrowth um, depend on diet? Yeah. So that's definitely part of it. Nutrition deficiencies um, take effect. So if you're deficient in things like iron and zinc, um, even B12, B6, that does a direct effect on whether your hair regrowth is, mm. is on target. And there are other things that, that cause hair regrowth to, to be altered besides aging, right? It's interesting because the genetics here's here's what I read about the genetics just to kind of clear that up is genetics is your texture and your type that's it hmm hmm I know right yeah it's it's pretty wild yeah and 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 if anybody finds an article that's any different let me know but for what I've read and from Mayo and National Institute of Health and all those Harvard um health it's texture and type Okay. Is what is what genetic, how you're genetically affected. Okay. Hmm. So the other things then are, are hormones. So when we go through phases like pregnancy, menopause, you'll have pregnancy hair loss, mm-hmm. um, and and menopausal hair loss, and that's because your hormones affect your hair, just like hmm. it affects your skin. Hmm. And it's probably good to mention that the hair, the skin, and your nails. That's all, that's dermatologist. Okay. All that's tied together. You, yeah. That's who can tell you about all of those things. Cause they're all tied together in the same like medical, like specialty. Okay. And, and how, how things that affect your hair and your nails affect your skin and vice versa. Like it's all like, they all get affected the same way. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that, uh, you know, I've mentioned to you before that the sun, when I'm in the sun a lot, my nails just grow and grow. It's a vitamin D. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. really, really important. So I'm sure there's some benefit. The vitamin D, the vitamin D is is the benefit. That's Uh really where it's at. And, and that's, you know, I mean, as far as hair growth goes, that really, you know, if you're deficient in any vitamin, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a definite indicator of, you know, of why your hair may be falling out. Uh Um, There's also things to look for in like thyroid problems, maybe causing Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism causes hair loss. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Autoimmune diseases like alopecia causes hair loss and, and that's autoimmune. So, you know, those, those things are things that can be treated with lifestyle. Um, there are several medications or combinations of medications that can cause hair loss as Mm. a side effect. 
Okay. Um, and then the biggie that resonated with me was the stress. Uh-huh. And there's a, there's a name to the uh, hair loss related to stress is, uh, I'm not going to butcher this, but it's telogen effluvium. Okay. And that is a state, that is an actual scientific, like, um, name for hair loss related to chronic stress. Now, would that be something that you could talk to your dermatologist about and she could lead you into? um... Yes. Okay. Yes. So the number one thing you can do if you're experiencing hair loss is to see a dermatologist. Okay. And they said um, in all of the studies, the earlier, the better. Okay. Which sucks for me because I've been going through it for years. So, um, and not knowing that I could have gone to a dermatologist. And I actually think I asked my dermatologist about it. And he said that I didn't have alopecia, but he never mentioned the telogen effluvium. The mm-hmm. stress-related, so I might ask him um, about that. But he did give me a recommendation for a natural um, treatment that he had seen um, people use, which really did help. Really? Yeah. I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But okay. um, but yeah. Now I think back, I did ask him about that, and he. He did give me that, but he didn't, he didn't talk about the, the stress related hair loss. Uh-huh. Okay. So maybe it's something that he didn't know about. Well, could I be. I don't know. He's a pretty, um, his clientele skews in the eighties. Okay. So, so he may not be experiencing a lot of stress related hair right. loss. Right. <laughs> What's lost has already been lost. Probably. Right. It's gone by the time he's uh-huh. like dealing with them. And, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the number one thing we can do is, is see a dermatologist first. Okay. For sure. Um, and like you said, the nutrient deficiency, we can attack that, right? So you would mm-hmm. ask your doctor to do a uh, blood test to see if you're nutrient def- deficient. And mm-hmm. actually, I'm having one done now that is a um, comprehensive nutrition assessment, which okay. is like the Mac Daddy of all Mac Daddies in testing. So you, um, it, you're she's using the blood as a marker and to get um, a good idea of where I am nutrition wise, but she's also using urine Okay. and um, the combination of those two bio, um, what do you call them? Not bio markers, but anyway, um, the combination of those two will actually help them have a better reading of nutrition. Mm. And they're going to look at everything like your your macros, your micros, your like all of it, what you're getting and everything. They'll also be able to tell me like toxicity levels of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be really neat. But, but that way I'll know, am I deficient in these things? And if so, then I can take them and mm-hmm. hopefully help my hair growth. Great. Um, and also protein. Protein is a big one because you're, you need protein for your, for your nails and skin and hair. Um, to grow properly. And we also talked about that uh, collagen when we talked about graying hair. Mm-hmm. Collagen mm-hmm. is important. Um, but that brings me back to uh, hormone balance too. Mm-hmm. Like So with menopause, so I've got the double whammy. I had m- uh, many years of stress, which 
they said if you've got like short stints of stress, it may take three months to grow the hair back. But if you've had long extended periods of stress, it may take a year or more mm-hmm. to grow back because you're, you're like getting that cortisol level dropped and then your body has to reset itself. Mm-hmm. So it could take me years. Mm-hmm. And also, and so now then there's the hormone imbalance for menopause right. or perimenopause. So that also could be affecting it uh-huh. at the same time, the stress related thing was going on. So mm-hmm. you can do hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. um, or you can attack it naturally with lifestyle um, to back those hormones up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, like we talked about, it's just re- stress reduction. Uh-huh. Just getting yourself into a place where you're not having chronic stress because uh-huh. you're always going to have some stress, right? Right. Right. We stress out about like what to pack for our vacation. Right. Right. Or, you know, like little things, but it's not like chronic stress of burnout and, and, mm-hmm. you know, cortisol changes. Uh, you know what I've been noticing and kind of thinking about, um, not only with myself, but some people I know, um, that stress, as you get older, um, it is real. Again, it may not be because of a lifestyle busyness, but um, just getting old and getting tired mm-hmm. and not wanting to do or not feeling like you have the energy to do all kinds of things that you used mm-hmm. to do and didn't even think about. Um, and so I think older people, like there was a time when you drop something on the floor, you don't even think about, oh, okay, pick it up. You just bend over and pick it up. As you get older, and because it seems harder, um, if you're not keeping your body um, exercised, um, it, it's one of the first things you think of, like, oh, no, I dropped that okay, I got to pick that up. Oh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. And, and then that becomes a stressor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you find yourself, okay, it just seems like everything uh, takes energy or takes more thought or mm-hmm. more planning. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I've noticed, I've thought, I never would have guessed that I would have gone there, that I would have thought like that. Mm-hmm. Um but I think just the fact that you get tired and, uh, you know, God, God gave us our lives and he knows our lifespan. But, uh, you know, I just I wonder how long or short it is sometimes. And if these things come just automatically because we're old and we're graying and, you know, we mm-hmm. we're slowing down. Yeah. And so all that just relates to like a different kind of stress. Uh-huh. It does there's always going to be that stress. I think that's the best word to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not, I mean, there's not, you don't live without stress, right? You live with less stress Uh and you can live to and manage stress. That's the secret. I think that's the biggest secret. So, you know, in my, with my uh, most recent stressful situation, you know, for four years, I was in a position and a career where I had, I was not dealing with the stress I had properly. Uh And I was having 
umpteen amounts of stress <sighs> and stressors and surrounded mm-hmm. by negativity and that stressed me out even more and mm-hmm. working, you know, 70 hours a week and mm-hmm. the expectations of my job um, then stressed out my life mm-hmm. um, in other ways, which created more stress, you know, so it's, um, it, when I, when I left that career and left that all behind and determined that that was not my purpose and found my new purpose and changed my life, it was insane to see, and I call it PTSD, um, from the stressful situation. I had post-traumatic stress disorder because I was so burnt out with everything that it took me it took me a good two years to kind of work myself out of the triggers that I had before mm-hmm. that triggered my stress and find ways to manage myself and my life better mm-hmm. to not have that kind of stress. So surrounding myself with positive people, mm-hmm. um, understanding how I needed my day to be understanding mm-hmm. what workload works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, determining a lot of different factors. And, you know, I, I lost weight, which took stress off of my body. You know, there's like all these things that were connected Mm -hmm. that I had to work through. And I think, you know, along with that, then realizing that other external things were having an effect on my hair Mm -hmm. and not, it wasn't just stress. Right. So it was the stress, but it was also the products I was using uh-huh. were causing my hair to, to fall out too. And then the, so I think you have to dissect, like if you're having hair loss, you really have to understand what is, why and where it's coming from. Right. I agree. More so than my hair's just falling out and it's, and I'm in perimenopause. Well, uh-huh. okay, that's great. And that may be part of it. Right. But you also have to look at everything else because, right. um, you know, there are so many things that we can do, like reducing the stress, mm-hmm. um, changing our diets, making sure that we're getting what our bodies need, balancing mm-hmm. our hormones, um, and and the things that the external things that I found were factors, and that are things that we can attack um, to help our hair repair is mm-hmm. that UV protection. Right, it's great to get the vitamin D, but at a point, then it, the sun becomes damaging. Mm-hmm. So you have to protect your scalp and you have to protect your hair from being mm-hmm. damaged by the sun. Like if it, if it's the sun is so hot and dries out your hair, that's putting stress on your hair. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, um, there's, you know, if your scalp gets damaged in any way, like you said, you know, when you do a chemical on your head, if you burn your head, yes, then that is, that is a huge external thing that actually, you know, like that affects your scalp and your scalp is where your hair grows from. And, and I don't know how many times I've burnt my scalp. Yes. Over the years. Well, that contributes. Absolutely. And, um, you know, a lot of people are in the sun, they look beautiful and uh, their hair is flowing. And when I go out in the sun at the beach and I'm laying out, um, there's usually a ball cap on my head. Now that's not very pretty, <laughs> yeah. but I know that sun damages my hair uh, and my scalp 
you know, mm-hmm. and you have to be aware of all those things to protect it and keep it healthy. Like UV protection. Yes. Hat, wear a hat, protect your hair. They have, um, spray on, uh, SPF for hair and scalp, mm-hmm. um, use it, uh, if you must and, um, protect your, protect yourself out there. So the other thing that was recommended and reducing or limiting heat tools on your hair ah yes and, and really high heat so if you're using a really high heat iron yes dryer you know whatever the case may be um you want to protect yourself with heat protectant on your hair as much as possible so they have products with heat protectant that you can use yes. pre pre-styling yes um or just naturally dry your hair if you can Mm-hmm. Um, so that you're not using direct heat on your hair as much as possible and only do that when you like have an important thing to do or going mm-hmm. out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, also mentioned the tightness of braids, weaves, um, ah. extensions, ponytails, like if it's too tight, it will pull out. Uh-huh. And so you want to make sure that you're using loose, the looser, the better, um, but obviously that's difficult if you're doing a tight braid or you have a weave because right. um, you, you got to tie it tight for it not to like, you know, move. Right, um, right, right. So maybe you cha- maybe you t- think about changing your hairstyle as you're aging because uh-huh. if it's too tight, then uh-huh. you're going to cause it to fall out and that'll come out in clumps. Yes. Um, and then washing your hair, like limiting the amount of washes that you have. I and mean, you don't have to wash your hair every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to let those natural oils and things occur on the scalp and on the follicles so that, um, it nourishes your head. And, you know, you, when you wash it too much, you're rinsing all that off and not letting it have it, you know, be, be natural. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with dyes, you know, if you're dyeing your hair, right. um, like, you know, my tale of woe. Um, if someone dyes your hair and they do it wrong or they uh, bleach, yes. then you can really mess up your hair and your scalp and cause additional hair loss even years later. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the one thing that we haven't even talked about here is changing your products. Uh, yes. So go for it. Yeah. When I moved, I was like struggling with doing my hair because it's a different climate. And, um, my products and my usual routine weren't working as well. And then I watched, uh, a documentary because I am a, you know, complete nerd when it comes to health information and I will nerd out and look at every single thing I could possibly get my hands on. So this documentary on HBO max was all about the beauty industry and the toxicity of the products and the procedures and things that we do to ourselves as women. And Mm -hmm. it went through, um, makeup. It went through hair products. It went through um, uh, body products. So our soaps and, and whatnot, lotions and things. Um, and then our nails, like our polish and the, the way we do our nails, like gel manicures, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was so freaked out <laughs> because <laughs> everything that they were talking about, every product that they mentioned, all of the stuff that they found there were so many high levels of hormone disruptors, estrogen blockers, um, uh, reproductive disruptors, and 
all cancer causing chemicals and I mean, asbestos in our makeup. Um, so a really, and, and in our baby powder, that's, uh-huh. that's why you don't see baby powder anymore. Yep. Um, so they, it was such a deep dive and I got so freaked out. So I started taking a deep dive into all of my products and I started with my hair care products because that's where my issue has, or my focus has been, mm-hmm. um, and found that every single product that I was using on my hair, my face, my body, um, except for my body wash, which is Dr. Bronner's and is, um, amazing and completely toxic free. Um, but everything else had a myriad of toxins and was highly rated on the toxicity levels uh, by the environmental working group and had multiple, um, chemicals in them that were banned in the European union Mm. and, um, that were known cancer causers and known, you know, um, reproductive, um, disruptors and, and hormone disruptors. So I threw it all away mm-hmm. and, um, found products that are no toxins that have low ratings on the EWG and, um, have changed, completely changed my routines on everything because mm-hmm. I started thinking, you know, if you're using one product, and the FDA deems it okay because, you know, it's generally regarded as safe chemical, mm-hmm. um, which they call grass chemicals. But if you got one product, then okay, it might be okay. But when you are using 14 products a day mm-hmm. and all of that is on you and it's all, you know, 4% of everything put on your skin goes into your skin mm-hmm. and the, and your scalp tends to soak up more <laughs> than you know, there's a real problem there. And so anyway, long and short of it is is I have a whole new routine and I have a whole new list of products. And, um, that is a big piece of this thinning hair situation. And what we can do about it is we can change our products to be, to a less harsh chemical product Mm -hmm. or a no chemical product. Um, to help our hair not be affected by these chemicals because it does do a number on them. Uh-huh. That's, so that's awesome. My, that's my high horse. That No, it's so good. I remember you going through all that and I was thrilled to get the products and brought them home and use some. And then the more you talk about it, it's like, why am I using that? <laughs> She's getting yeah. rid of it. Throw it away. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to throw it away because you spend hundreds of dollars. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. 30 bucks a pop for a shampoo is yeah. tough to yeah. throw it out. And I, you know, when I was starting it, I was like, oh, I'll just use this till it's gone. And then I'm like, no, I won't. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Why would I use this? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I loved it. But, and honestly, one of the products I had used for years because I had worked for them and uh-huh. they were when I worked there a natural product. Uh And at the time I was finishing up my tenure with that uh, company, they were bought out by another giant beauty company. Um, And they changed all the formulations and I never even thought to check. It's crazy, but it was all chemicals, all Uh chemicals. There was not a natural thing left in that product except for the scent. (laughs) crazy yeah well hopefully you can share more information 
um, with us at a later time about um, the best way to, or the best survey to go to, to uh, check all your products and, and determine if they are safe for us or not. Yeah, I'll put them in the podcast description uh, links to them. It's Environmental Working Group, and they have an app where you can scan your products. So if you're at the store, you can scan it. Mm. And they do personal products and food um, Mm. and some cleaning products too. Um, Mm. They're starting to do more and more, but they also have recommendations of things to buy that aren't toxic that they have rated for you, like, you know, that it's good. Um, And then there is, um, uh, there are a bunch out right now. Um, I just had this conversation last week and I can't remember. There's one that's really popular right now, Um, but just grab one. There's tons of apps that will tell you what toxins are in your products. The other one I use is Clear Yeah. It's Clear YA and you can look at products and you can look at them on in tar- at Target, Amazon, um, I think Sephora, and it will tell you a lot about the products and what's in it. And, and it will actually go into detail. I mean, Environmental Working Group does a great job too, but, um, but I used both when I was looking at my products. Okay. Because what I could catch on Clearia, sometimes I couldn't see on Environmental Working Group. Mm-hmm. Um, just know, just like you want to know what, where your food comes from and what's in your yes. food, the reading labels, you want to know what's in your products. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to know? Mm-hmm. And That's if you, good. yeah, if you have HBO max, you should really hit up that, um, that documentary and, and check that out too. HBO That's max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd pay for that. Okay. Um, so there are procedures and, and services that are available through the dermatologists or um, other health practitioners that you can do to help you grow your hair back. Okay. Uh, that I don't want to get up here without saying. So okay. one, one is like topical drugs. So your minoxidils um, and that's Rogaine. Okay. So you can use those. Um, you can also use oral medications like um, Propecia is an oral med that can help with thinning hair. Uh, but those, you definitely want to talk with your dermatologist before you start using it. I know the topical drug, I think you get Rogaine now over the counter, but um, you definitely want to see your dermatologist and talk about what you've got going on. Cause it may be a simple lifestyle change or nutrition change that could make all the difference and you wouldn't have to go down a chemical drug base. Great. Uh, but there's also PRP, which I know we talked about with regards to sexual health and vaginal rejuvenation, but PRP, um, I had it for my dental work uh-huh. and they also do it for hair regrowth. Really? There's been a lot of PRP um, done that's been successful in regrow- helping people regrow hair. Hmm. I know. It's really crazy. Uh-huh. Yes, I, I can't imagine how that works, but maybe that's well, for another time. Yeah, you basically you get those, um, you get your own blood drawn uh-huh. by the physician, and then they spin it in a centrifuge, and it creates a, a jelly, which is called platelet-rich plasma. Okay. And then that jelly is then injected into your scalp. Oh. 
And then those nutrients from your own plasma help the scalp repair and the follicles to regenerate again. Okay. Yeah. Um, Is this something that your doctor, um, um, the gentleman that we had conversation with on the podcast, is that, yes, is it something he does? Yeah. Joaquin does platelet-rich plasma treatments for um, the vaginal health for um, and for hair loss. Okay. And I think he does some, yes, he does some for your skin as well. Okay. I think you can, you can get microneedling with PRP. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yes, you can go to a medical spa. You can go to a dermatologist. Um, you know, I would definitely with, I would definitely not do this with anyone, but a medical professional. Yes. Um, but yeah, you can do that. And also the other one, laser therapy, laser therapy, we talked about with Joaquin too. Yes. He can do it. He can do it for your hair too. So, um, you can do laser therapy on your scalp to help you regrow hair. Really? Mm-hmm. And then the supplement that I would had been recommended from my um, physician was Viviscal, and yes. it's a pill that you take multiple times a day, um, and it's a supplement. So it's not, um, you know, it's got a, a lot of different things in it for hair growth, like biotin and zinc and iron and things. Um, so that worked pretty well. And then I tried, I stopped taking that and then tried... Um, one from a, a company, an online company called Pros, okay. and it did not work as well, and it kind of made me dehydrated. So I stopped taking that. Um, so I may, I'm after I get my nutri- nutrition assessment done, then I'll see what I need. But I may end up going back to the Viviscal, um, mm-hmm. and and Nutrafol is a new one out on the market that. Um, I've heard there's been a lot of success with two. They make their own supplement for hair growth. Um, so you just have to check it out. But I would say check with your physician mm-hmm. before you do any of that. Like, I, you know, like I'm doing, I'm getting that nutrition assessment. So I'm with my doctor so that I'm very aware of what nutrient deficiencies I have and how it can help me. So um, that's, that's a great place to start if you... Mm-hmm just don't know what's going on, just get a nutrition Mm -hmm. assessment. Make sure it's a comprehensive nutrition assessment, um, which is basically the full meal deal Mm -hmm. of, of um, what your doctor can order. Okay. And, you know, then go from there. Yeah. Great. I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, through all of this, now that I know more then I can go to my physician and my dermatologist and say, okay, here's where I've been. Here's what I've tried. Here's where I am right now. Let's work this out and, and come up with a protocol that would help me get my health back because I'm also fighting the hormones, um, being off balance because of the perimenopause. So I've got to be, I got to balance that and I've got to do everything else. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a marathon. Not a yeah. sprint. It's, a, it's a lot of work to take care of yourself properly, huh? Really? It is. It really is. It really is. Because so many times we don't even take time for ourselves. Yeah. And it's never too late. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 
So if you're aging and you're at a place and you're like, oh, it's just what happens. It's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So many things you can do. And yes, those people you see on the beach with flowy hair, they're in magazines. That's, That's not right. reality. That's like, right. Who goes to the beach and does that? That's Nobody. Right. Yeah. Other than <laughs> if they're doing some some pictures for themselves. Yeah. To put on yeah. A couple <laughs> selfies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It's been really informative. Yeah, I hope it helps with um, anyone who's got thinning hair issues right now and is freaking yes. out. Yes. Or just don't hesitate to go to the doctor now. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, mm -hmm. that would be a good thing. But at least you're going armed with information to where uh -huh. you can say, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Should we try this? What should I do? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be a partner in it. Don't expect someone to just do you and make it happen. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure you could just take a pill for something, but it's probably not going to work. So, you know, there's so much to all of this, this medical field. Um, um, you know, the specializing, probably the best thing that's ever happened for us, um, because there's no way a doctor could... Um, be able to understand all these different issues that we come up with without a lot of research and study and taking time. But we don't usually ask for them to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and it takes a specialist because when yes. you're a general practitioner or if you're going to surgery or whatever, you're not learning a whole lot about nutrition. You're not learning right. a whole lot about, you're learning about the pills to prescribe for what incidents how to cut people and you know like you're learning the basics unless you go to become a registered dietitian then mm. you know you know mm -hmm. like and that's i think that's the thing is like we um we expect our doctors to come from this holistic point of view right and be knowledgeable about all of these things well general practitioners in in the general medical fields don't have that kind of background and right you need to look for someone in the lifestyle medicine practice, which are still certified physicians and licensed physicians. And they go through medical school, but they've also gone through lifestyle medicine training, mm. which allows them to look at your, your mind, your body, your soul, your, all of the dimensions of wellness to understand how to treat you. So it's not just, here's a pill for that. It's, mm -hmm. well, how are you sleeping? How's your stress? What are you eating? What are you, you know, how's your day look like? You know, like they dive in further to understand where to begin. And then their prescription may be, you need to have more veggies in your life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, or you need to be, you need to be moving your body or you mm -hmm. need to strengthen your muscles or you right. need to drink more water, you know, like it's, it's bigger. So you're looking for functional medicine, integrative medicine and lifestyle medicine. I would start with lifestyle because it's less supplement heavy yes. and more about let's get to the core issue. Functional medicine tends to be a little more supplement heavy with protocols and things. Um, integrative is kind of in between. Uh -huh. Okay. But um, when you're looking for a practitioner to partner with, you want to have someone who's going to take the time and understand you mm -hmm. and not just treat you like everybody else. Right. Because as we've discussed many times, we're all so bio-individual that mm -hmm. one thing that works for me will not work for you right. and vice versa. So, Okay. Yeah. 
gosh, I feel like I've been on a high horse, but this episode has been about me. Well, <laughs> no, it's like you have so much information you want to share and you've been there and, and you know, Still what there. can happen and what can cause it. And so, yeah, good for you. Mm, well, good for me. Should be helping people that way. Well, that's my job. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I guess key takeaways for me on this is uh, the more you know, I think the better off you're going to be in trying to figure out the reasons why you're losing stress and how to fix that. So uh-huh. did I say losing stress? I meant losing yes. hair. That's a- <laughs> There's stress. Trigger. Trigger. <laughs> um, yeah. The reasons why you're losing hair and um, how to fix it. So yes. And um, that is, that's kind of what I'm taking away from today. Uh-huh. Very good. Very good. Do you have any key takeaways? Um, I, I'm going to go to an environmental working group and clear you and uh, look at some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start scanning your products. Uh-huh. Check out what's in it. You'll be amazed. I was <laughs> amazed. I'm sure I will be. There's one particular company that I'm using products from that I really want to check out because I really believe in them. And Mm. um, the products all seem to be really good for me. Mm. Um, But I want to know what's in them now. Yeah. It could be, could be good. It could be bad. That's right. You never know. All right. Well, this is a great episode. Thank you. Yes, it really, really was. Thank you so much. Yeah. So listener, um, you know, look in the description of the podcast, find the links, and hopefully um, you can get an app that you like. And um, uh, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy the yeah. search through your products. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much All for joining. Right. Thank you, April. All right. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you again next time for Things Mom Never Said, Secrets to Aging Well. We'll be back. So set your calendars, set your alarms, get ready, get set, follow, subscribe, and don't miss a beat.